Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 18. I'm ASD. I'm Giles. And I'm Chris. And it's been a good week. It's been a very professional week. We've been beat Fulham 1-0, what could have been a tricky game. And then we went and beat Preston. Giles, which, which, what did you watch? Uh, I watched both. I, I only caught the end of the Fulham game, but then I re-watched most of it immediately afterwards, as is my want. <laughs> Lovely goal. Lovely and goal. And a clean sheet. Two and a clean sheet. Back to back. He's good, doesn't he, Harry Kane? He's really good. And it sounds like he's going to sign from, from all the rumours that are coming out. It sounds like he, he's going to sign. Bayern Munich are giving up on it. What a man. He knows something we don't. He must know something we don't. Surely. I don't know. I think you get to this point in your career, right? You're about to break that record. Let's just be a really, really big fish in a slightly smaller pond. Because I think that's the thing is like, imagine getting, being him, that break, pulling up so many trees, breaking records, being a Premier League legend, you know, all of that stuff and being absolutely kind of venerated and adored. And yeah. then you go, right, I'm going to make this one last move at 30. Now, if it was 28, I would have said maybe. So if it was those, you know, two summers ago or whatever. But now, then what if it doesn't work and your career just fizzles out? Yeah. It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. Whereas this way, England, top of his game, England captain, you know, forever a legend. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. And, and you know what, like, Maybe he does know something we don't, but you know me, I'm ever an optimist. There's always, there could always be something magical around the corner. And one more goal, he's our all-time greatest scorer. One more goal, he's England's all-time greatest scorer. He's riding high, really. And maybe it really is that one trophy with us will be bigger than, you know, five Bundesligas with Bayern Munich where there's no real competition. Who knows? But it's been a very positive week, really. And I mean, even things like, Sun scoring, Emerson Royale being the second best player on the pitch in that in that other game, Kudasevsky coming back. The the sprouts, the eight the springtime is here for Tottenham Hotspur. Springtime is here for Tottenham Hotspur. I mean the problem was nearly a week ago. Is there anything anything that particular stands out? It's great to see Bentica and Kudasevsky back, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he ran the game last night, didn't he? He was phenomenal. In fact, I thought he looked leagues ahead of anyone else on the pitch. Yeah, OK, let's go on to last night. Uh, the only other thing is, I keep on forgetting William is at Fulham. The, yeah. It's really weird, isn't it? But, all right, we'll leave that. We'll leave them there. Um, yeah, Preston, I was really worried going in at nil-nil. I thought, oh, it could be one of those ones where, it, you know, I thought, well, the professional, they'll start to get tired because they did not want to attack at all. Uh, they just they just stayed back and tried to get us on the break, but something could have happened. But went in, first goal was unbelievable. You know, it's great to see him back. I don't think he's back back, but obviously he looked a lot happier, and it's probably a uh, form his temporary classes forever. The theory in one of our WhatsApp groups was because Dan Juma's here now and going to give him a bit of competition. Mm. He's suddenly kind of like gone. Oh, I better sort my shit out. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you remember, I was thinking, we've never had that, have we? That's the logic that's been missing for years, and that's what Poch was on about yeah. many years ago. You just need that fresh blood to p- keep people on their game. 
Yeah, it's good. I wish we'd stop playing him up front. I know we, I know we just scored two, but it's never ever worked as a strike. I mean, I feel a bit stupid, but now, but how many managers have tried to drop rest Kane and play Sun up front, and it's never really worked. It worked here because we were playing Preston, who aren't that bad. But it was just... he playing up front though? Because I thought he was sort of almost dropping deep and trying to, you know, playing that role that Kane does sometimes of like almost like a quarterback. It's weird, isn't it? There's a um. So Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is one of my all-time favourite stories. I've been listening to it for years. And like I, I listen to stories at night because it helps me get to sleep. And I often listen to Hitchhiker. And in one of the later series, they land at Lords uh, just before the Earth's about to be blown up. And there is a spaceship there that they can see, but no one else in the ground can see because... Uh, because of the theory of someone else's problem, they can't. No one else can see it because it's someone else's problem, right? That's what we've got with the attacking play on the edge of their box. We've got no number ten to play it into a striker, and so it, you, you saw it every time when Cessignon got the ball, he was looking for someone to play it to. Son was trying to get the ball through, coming out wide, didn't really know what to do. Perisic it was lovely to see Perisic play up top. He's much better there because he can cross the ball. Kudelski's obviously not fit. Benzaker was coming forward, but no one was in the box there to score goals. It was someone else's problem. And it's a, it, it still feels very easy to defend against. That changed when Dan Juma came on, albeit we were, what, two net, three net up, and it was 20 minutes to go against Preston. But it's still a big problem, I feel. Yeah, that was so frustrating. I mean, we were playing some good football. I, mean, I must say, actually, Preston really impressed me in the first half. I thought they did mm. a great job. But but nevertheless, you're right. We got it up to the edge of their box so many times, time time and time again. And and it just it got to that stage, and then they were just kept passing sideways around the box, and there was nothing there. And Dan Juma, I mean, we'll find out over the, the rest of the season, no doubt. But I wonder if it's just having a player who's slightly chaotic rather than some a player who's particularly you know, really high quality because he is clearly the type of character that's just going to keep taking a shot and he's going to try something unpredictable. And I don't think we really have unpredictable players, oh really, apart from Kulu. We're going to argue about this again because are you, do you, we, one of the things I talked about in the, in the group was like, should we talk about players who we almost signed? And uh, would you still sign Troy or Ray now, Giles? Because we still argue yes, about mate. this. Oh, yes, I would. Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Just for the chaos. The thing is, I, I I get he's not um he's not the, <laughs> ultimately we don't want a team where Triore starts. I mean we probably don't want a team where he's even on the bench. But at the moment, given how we seem to find ourselves in these dead ends on the edge of boxes, why not get a player who's just so blessed with pace and power that yeah. he can take a couple of players out or win a free kick or whatever it might be? Because we're decent at set pieces these days. Why not? Just a bit of do something. Oh, you think it would be better to actually fix that rather than, like, just go for the chaos angle? Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. So my my long-term answer is probably no, he's not the answer. But I think realistically, he's going to be available for, you know, relatively small amounts of money. And if you look at our bench, I mean, we've had games this season where you've looked at the bench and he's bought either Doherty or Royale on whoever's not playing and there aren't many game changes there. And I, and I just think I just think it's one of those signings that you wouldn't have much to lose if you bought him. It, there is a truth in that we have got very little attacking threat off our bench. And the report today is that Brian Hill has lost all motivation to train and he wants to leave. And like he's changed his Instagram to a picture of him in a Spain shirt and he's removed. Well, even though he played, even though he came on. 
Yeah, a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Um, That's really weird. Yeah. There must be I something mean, Porro, obviously, all things being well, Porro's going to be the answer ahead of Traore. But I still think that, you know, that there's... I and and we we've talked about this at length on on the pod this series, but I I I'm just so and I think we've all suffered watching Tottenham play at times, and actually, we're allowed to enjoy watching Tottenham play football, and even if it's because you've brought someone on who's just batshit crazy and is going to do something like Troy Ray will, then why not? I mean, he'll get people off their seats. Yeah, I hear that. And actually, that's really lacking at the moment. It's it's miserable watching us at times, or it has been. It really is. It really is. Fabrizio Romano, um, here we goed Porro last night. So yeah. that's usually quite reliable. People have been tracking his plane <clears throat> and things as well. Well, it, there's always been the thing that he was meant to play in the final yesterday, wasn't it? And so now he's done that. He's. Which I don't think it's a bad thing, really. I must no, say, though, Romano did, he did here we go, Dan Juma for Everton as well, didn't he? Um, but that, that got. Yeah, but I mean, he was it. doing a medical, though. Yeah, he went. He done the promo videos too, apparently. But yeah. Isn't it that Incredible. he just didn't send his registration forms when he heard Tottenham was in for it? He, everything else had been done. He didn't board the train, apparently, to go and meet his agents in Liverpool to sign the final, whatever it was, paperwork. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But no, you're right about, about Porro. Um, you know, all things being well, that's done. And I like the fact that he wanted to play in the cup final. I don't think it's an issue. I think people were understandably concerned from the injury perspective. But actually, if you can part that just for a second, I think it shows a really good attitude. And it's really respectful to think, I'm in the final, I'm going to play that final, and then I'll leave Mm. on the best terms possible. I think hats off to him. ASD, I'm interested in you sort of starting this by saying it's been a good week and all the rest of it. Don't you, I mean, it has been a good week, not to kind of denigrate that in any way, but don't you worry about this whole kind of feast or famine thing? It's like one missed kick on Sunday and then the whole place is going to like fall into disrepair. Um, (laughs) And interestingly, there was something, there was some disquiet, not today, but last week, uh, uh, in the week, sorry, when um, Spurs got knocked out of the Conti Cup by Chelsea. Now look, Chelsea are miles ahead of us in the in you know in the WSL. We wouldn't have expected to win. We put up. We had a really good start. We lost three 0 Wasn't you know it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance. But honestly, there was booing, there was shouting, um, and I was just like, oh God, not here as well. Really? And I kind of feel like it's it, the atmosphere in the men's game if can infect that so it's just like oh we're just all pissed off so we're just going to make like the same noises somewhere else well that's a shame i hope the um because they've just won they've just won five we've just won five nil right against the london city lionesses today yeah. which and is... they look good as well you know they weren't bad the london city lionesses they put up they've you know they put up a good fight and they you know they kind of really got amongst it, but we were our quality was too good. And I'll tell you what, the two new signings we've made made an, in this in this window made an enormous difference. So we signed Bethany England from Chelsea, who obviously got her uh, winning medal from uh, the Euros this summer, and um, Manu Wabuchi on loan from Arsenal. What a player she is! But them two are just unexpected signings, really. As I understand it, 
they'd been trying to sign Bethany England for 18 months. <laughs> so like since like the summer before last type thing. Yeah, yeah. And they finally got it over the line now. Um and um Iwabuchi, I don't know. I think she didn't she probably wasn't getting the game time she wanted yeah. at Arsenal. And she's a I mean honestly, the Arsenal fans are furious about that. Yeah. Not just because it was us, because she's just a real talent. She's got like magic in her feet that kind of player and we've really missed that kind of creativity in midfield so and they both scored today which was good for, and it was just good fun today i made up some new songs which is always fun um in fact i busted most of them out today because it was quite quiet there were very few people there <laughs> and uh someone actually sang um when's your album coming out to me <laughs> which i quite liked that is that's the best story you've told no. us and someone said and someone else said it's a yes from me which I'm a, I took my so tab came with me today and uh, she was like oh I'm so proud and it was so great to be able to show off in front of my girlfriend yeah yeah that's great awesome I was going to say because I was going to say I hope you, your voice sounds like it's getting better but it sounds like it's got better and now it's got got worse again yeah I was shouting quite a lot today to be fair yeah, and there was a bit of a comment on Twitter about one of the songs and they said oh there was a man in the crowd who um, sang um, a song to Manu Ibuchi to the sign of uh, Mana, 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 Money, Money, Money. Um, <laughs> and it was perfectly perfect pitch as well, which I'm pleased to hear. But I did have to correct her to say it was just a woman with quite a deep voice. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Um, yeah, exactly. I've got on your point about the feast or famine. Absolutely. It cannot be just constantly bad and then a 1-0 victory against Fulham and a 3-0 standard victory against Preston cannot be a good week for us, especially after we lost to that lot, we lost to City and we, we've got City again. But No, but it is a good week for us and I'm pleased that it's a good week for us. I suppose what I'm saying is, is like, if we lose at the weekend, which we might, like there isn't all suddenly doom and gloom again and that, you know... Yeah. You want to kind of like, I don't know, like blow everything up. Well, what's interesting is is just where the disharmony is coming from, because what you can hear from the crowd, apart from the Sol Campbell songs, we'll talk about that in a bit, was they're all behind Antonio Conte. Like there is a lot of singing for Antonio Conte, but I'm still angry at him. But then some people are angry at the players. Some people are angry at Levy and Enoch, and there doesn't seem to be any consistency in where we're going wrong. Maybe it's a bit of everything. That's what me and Rob talked about last week. Yeah. I think what's interesting yeah. about the thing about Conte and being supported is when I was at Palace, what it really felt like that day was it was you were pro Conte because you were anti Levy. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah. felt like that. It wasn't like it was it was it was kind of a defiance rather than a great love for Conte yeah, yeah. it felt like because the same people would be moaning about um Conte's style of play if oh, you yeah. caught them like in the pub yeah another time so yeah that's fair yeah absolutely look it's it's dire being a Spurs fan I don't look forward to watching it really I don't look forward to watching it and you have a look at some of the football that's happened in recent that lot versus Man United great game of football even just have a look at Wrexham Sheffield United that's just finished great game of football what was the one that was Liverpool Brighton? Good game of football. We haven't we don't play good games of football anymore. We're very, very, very boring to watch. Because we don't make sense. We're sort of defensive and then a couple of people up top that we're trying to play some magic. So when we I guess it's when just the quality, the raw quality of the players shines through in a match of attrition, it has to be a good week. So otherwise 
what else have we got as Spurs fans? We are missing, uh, annoyingly, Giles, we're missing a bit of Spursy magic at times. You know, we're missing mm. a bit of chaos, a bit of flawed genius. Um, maybe that's what Sun, he brought up a bit of sunshine to my heart, maybe. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, we need Ginola back, don't we? The thing is, though, I wonder, I don't even think we're missing the calibre of player, though. That's the thing. That's what's frustrating, I think. Mm. Like, I can't help but think if another manager, and everyone can picture what manager that might be, took over tomorrow with the same set of players, that he could get them playing some beautiful football mm. in what is perceived to be the tr- traditional Tottenham way. And so then, I wonder if the fans at Palace, when Chris was at the game, would have been chanting for Conte had actually the Enoch thing not been an issue and it was just relative. It's the lesser of the two evils. Let's yeah. keep him. And it's, it's all really strange and it's difficult to know. And also, of course, we can't know what's going on behind the scenes, but there are as many reports saying Conte is unsure about committing as there are that say Daniel Levy isn't sure about even offering him a contract. So this kind of fictional contract, does it even exist for him to sign? We don't really know. And so then... If we assume that it is the the latter and maybe he hasn't been offered, then what should he be doing? Should he be seeing out his contracts and being good to his word and the, you know the relationships and everything that he's nurtured there? Because I don't doubt it's been that has happened. I don't doubt that the players there have huge amounts of respect for him, but you can't help but think that their seams will be coming apart as a result of the unknown, whichever whichever yeah. is true. But I think was. I, I I I agree, and and like, and that's what the this goes back to what you said at the beginning, Giles, which is like, what does Harry Kane know that we don't? Because that's also like, what like you can see there's some uncertainty. Why would you sign? But I guess if you just know that you can continue to be the big man on campus or whatever. But it's interesting, yeah. um, ASD, what you're saying. It's like it's miserable being a Spurs fan. I mean, yes, but also like, who cares? It's like. <laughs> We're also Spurs fans and we're in the top, we're, in, we're fifth in the Premier League. That's what if we were Sheffield United fans? What if we were Wrexham fans? You know, and so like we've got to like be a little bit careful because we're a bit spoiled as well. And like there are always going to be ups and downs. Um, I guess it's kind of the the way the Premier League works kind of, um, what's the word? It It kind of skews how we all operate, right? Because basically, mm, you just expect you just expect there to be always winning, or you know, to be one of those top teams, and it and it can't always be like that. There's only going to be two or three teams that are like that, and that's why. And I know you've already talked about this, but that's why the um, that lock down the road is so frustrating mm. because they just took a bit of time to build. I mean, I appreciate in that time they also won the FA Cup a couple of times, so it wasn't too miserable. But nonetheless, it is frustrating to watch them, like, look nice and support their manager and, like, kind of have a real team spirit and a culture. And did we talk about this? After the North London derby, we did, didn't we? I won't repeat myself. No, no, we we did, but we didn't because it was a bit raw. So we didn't really go into it about... Like, but like, it's a, to the, this sort of depth of that's what we want to be doing. It's always a bit of a watch out for me when we start going. You know, it's just life. It's just football. Like, because when, when it's really good, when you know, it's that Pochettino peaking time. Then we're like, it's the most important thing in my life. Um, yeah. Be, Do, can you think of just to kind of bring a bit of perspective of of how I feel with Spurs now versus how I felt with Spurs growing up? 
Um, do you think there's a team in the Premier League now that has batted well above its average as consistently as Tottenham in the last 10 years? Because I don't think there is. Ones without the same financial might as, say, the Cities and the Chelsea's, who actually have outperformed. I, I, maybe there's one that I can't think of, but even if there's only one, I mean, we're... Not to so when you say batted above average, is that because of the, as you say, like in terms of what the outgoings are? Yeah, I think there's a few variables. I think one is just, and I think we mentioned this in a couple of shows ago, how, and there might, there's obviously going to be biases at play here when I say this, but the, the calibre of players that we've seen at Spurs, and yes, you can go back, way back to the Hoddles, the Gazers, whatever, but we've had Gareth Bale, Luka Modric, Harry Kane. I don't see those types of players popping up so regularly at other clubs. I don't see clubs having the success, if I'm allowed to use that word, with the lack of trophies, and I mean the journey to the Champions League final, without the commercial might behind them powering it. I don't see them having managers like Poch. Um, I know Conte's, I mean, yes, I think he had a very successful season last year. I just don't, I think there's all these different variables of success and yeah, let's lump the stadium in and the training ground and all the stuff that we can argue about whether it matters or not. I think there's all this stuff happening around the club, that, which is really positive in isolation. And I don't think there's many clubs that are comparable to that. I think we've had it really good. <laughs> and so actually I try and have this perspective yeah. check on myself when I'm feeling down because everyone gets down when we lose a game and I'm probably worse than most. But actually, if I think back to how it was when I was growing up, I mean, I'm 41 now and the, Christ, the Jerry Francis years, I just have to think of that. There were some entertaining days there, but actually where we're at now is really good. And as Chris says, we're fifth in the league. So it feels like supporting statistics, feels like supporting a profit and loss sheet sometimes. However, yeah. Yeah. I would be not wrong. Like, what do we want from a club? We want to be here in 10 years and we want to see slow improvement. I'd love it. I'd rather not do a Leeds where you go all out in the 1999-2000 to win the Champions League to break even and then spend years in obscurity for, you know, two decades of obscurity as a, as a penance. Um, I'd like to enjoy watching the football, though. And yeah, I just kind of no. feel like I'm, I'm like, we're in peak. I think it might have been... Uh, who was it that said this? I don't know. We're like in peak 1990s Italian Catanaccio. We might as well be watching Bari. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like... Yeah, we're peak pragmatic, aren't we? Yeah, and you know what? And if it was pragmatic and it had like incredible results, because, you know, I look back to the very first pod of the season, like slightly embarrassedly now, because I'm just if like, we're going to win the league. When? Yeah, if not now, then when? Exactly. Because that's I think what about I thought. that all the time because that's what I thought because after what we'd seen and that pragmatism was really working we had all these we had these great players we were pushing on and I don't know it just all went to shit yes however however we love you Tottenham and all that top four yeah Yeah, the hard part is it is it doesn't feel like it belongs to us as, us as much. And so it feels like a product that is being sold to us. So we have rights. We have a right to moan about the product, I think, a bit more because yeah. it's not part of us anymore. It is something that we wealth is being extracted from us for. And I know this is basically what many United and Liverpool have had for years. And so when it's good for them, it's good. And you feel a connection when it's bad. It feels like something that you are paying, you are investing, you are investing in, but maybe not as invested in. And what's changed to create that, in your view, ASD? The ground, 
the ground did it for me. I, right. and I But and I know we had to and all that sort of stuff. And it, it matched the period of my life. You know, I had kids around about the same time. So money became tighter. Time became extremely tight. It just changed. You know, I was going all, all the time now. I go as much as I can. Um, but it does feel, you know, the, the, the ground before was you, you I never drank in the stadium ever that I went. I used to go to the prize, uh, get food on the way in. And then you walked in and it was a concrete. I used to sit in block 35. So it was you walk in and you were on the in your seat, you know, within a minute. Now it is you have to walk up. There's lots of it feels like it's been designed for me to buy stuff. I, I get funneled through multiple bars, multiple places to buy stuff to my seat where it's very comfy and it's very nice. And I go and watch it and I'd be entertained. And I'm, I'm kept at a safe distance from it. And it's been designed so my voice can be heard, but that I'm far enough away. And that that's the problem. And I know that's just modern football. And that's just modern sport. Um, yeah. That's why I'm just getting old, you know, that it doesn't, it, it hurts more than it makes me happy. <laughs> I'm doing this thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking a lot. I'm doing this thing. As uh, so you both know, I'm doing, uh, I'm with a psychologist at the moment, trying to sort some uh, mental health stuff out. And we're doing this, and I can't remember for the life of me what this um, therapy is called, but it's really interesting. You follow your therapist's finger like this. EMDR, I've EMDR. done that. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've got a real problem from some early trauma where I don't feel things. I I, I get shut down like, like that. And um, so I don't feel I don't have many emotions. And so the EMDR is not working for me because she's like, go find your most traumatic event and then be in the moment, feel it. And I'm like, I'm not feeling anything. I'm also very good at processing information. So all this sort of stuff. And then she's like, what stuff do you feel? And I'm like, football makes me really feel. And she's like, how long is that for the match? The whole week, the whole week. I was, <laughs> I do not look forward to Chelsea games, West Ham games. And it makes me feel anxious the whole week. And then I'm miserable after a really bad performance. And I, I hate it, but I love it as well. You know, mm. that Wrexham game just now, I've got no connection to Wrexham apart from country and it made me feel happy. You know, it is great. And that's what I love about football. And that's what I love about Spurs. We still feel different from everyone else. We still feel different from that lot up the road and from City and from Newcastle now, from Man United. And this does feel like there's a community aspect, even if Enix don't give that to us. So that's what I love. And that's why it's been a good week because there's some sort of success. And Winks yeah. had a good game some story where yeah, he is as well yeah it, it just was Sorry. very consistent skip had a very good 20 minutes i thought coming back from injury yeah he did actually uh and emerson had a really good game you know i, I we, we are suppose we do like the underdog so it was good to see emerson get a good game under you know it's just all this sort of stuff yeah hopefully um, he won't get booed at the weekend yeah right because yeah, these are just young men and um, it was good that we didn't need to drag kane off the bench to us through to the next round which i know we shouldn't be we shouldn't need to celebrate was he on the bench yeah 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 he was yeah he was i thought he was ill first game he he hasn't competed as well apparently first game he hasn't um played in for conte apparently wow yeah yeah wow where he's been available yeah he's where he's been available yeah um and then dan juma looks like a bit of the chaos you want charles as well Sorry, we're jumping about all over the place because it's sort of quite predictable these days, this this pod. Um, not anymore, mate. <laughs> predictable in what sense, ASD? I'm not sure I like that. The order. As in, in 12 years, we've said a lot of the same things <laughs> that you okay. can say about Tottenham Hotspur. You know, nothing to do That's with fair. us. That's um, fair. 
I was just, we, I was trying to think back about players we should have signed. And Moutinho, I think, would have made a oh, big difference same. if we got oh, him, right? He was on my list. He was, he was number one in my head. Sorry, go on, message. go on. I've, no, no, I'm, you go, you go, mate. I only on. had two and he was one of them. Yeah. Go on, who's the other one? Samuel Eto'o. Oh, do you what remember player when, he was. Do you remember when Glenn Hoddle wanted Samuel Eto'o? Mm. That would have been fun. He's up there with the best African players who've ever lived, isn't he? Um, yeah. I remember when he came to us for AC Milan in that Champions League game, the nil-nil where we went through, the loudest I ever heard, White Hart Lane, and he almost scored right at the end, and it was brilliant. He was, but the teams he played for, Real Madrid, Barca, Inter, Chelsea, yeah. I mean, what a striker he was. What a yeah. striker he was. Um, mm. Everton as well, and Qatar played for, to the Qatari money. But hey, um, I'm going up. My brain's good off in tangents. Have you seen um, Mane? All the stuff he's doing for his village at home. He pays everyone a basic wage. He set up mobile um, phones for everybody, building schools and hospitals and shops and stuff. But that's what. Um, what a man. Um, that's Gedson, brilliant. Gedson Fernandez. Uh, do you remember when he signed Gedson? <laughs> do you remember how much his buyout clause was? Oh, only because Jack mentioned it. Oh, he did so, put it in. Was it like 40 million quid or something? Like 50, I think. 50, 50 million, million euros. So, yeah, about that. <laughs> Insane, isn't it? Absolutely. 18-month yeah. loan deal, that one. 18 months. So what? So who's on your list of the uh, who we the ones we missed, ASD? I know. I'm, uh, I, I was just trying to find... There, there aren't many websites that list players that Spurs almost signed, so I was just trying to rack my brains. And I spent ages trying to remember... Uh, Leandro Damiao's name. Damiao. Oh, did you? No, I'll, I'll have him etched etched on my in my brain till my grave, mate. In fact, I think I'm surprised we're not still linked to him. So, that was yeah, a good for, decade, wasn't it? For those of you, yeah, don't remember. I mean, he's only 33. It felt like every mm. summer we were every linked summer. with this Brazilian player who eventually went to Betis for a year, um, but has been rummaging around the. Uh, yeah, he didn't do much. He didn't do much at all, but. Yeah, we and the more that. modern equivalent of him, I imagine, is Paolo Dybala. Yeah. The Dybala yeah. celebration, there's just something weird about it. I just think fascist whenever I see it. And that might be me being racist. Maybe we should edit this out. But that thing, there's something weird about it. And I don't know what it is. Well, Rome. Yeah. <laughs> Rome, <laughs> They're all the same, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man, I went to a game a couple of years ago. It's intense. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about Eden Hazard? Christ, we almost got him, didn't we? We were so close, weren't we? Well, I guess you could imagine how different it'd be if um, Abramovich had bought us. That would have been some signing, wouldn't it? Because he was dead close to signing to Bayern and Spurs. Imagine what that would be like. But there's a few players, aren't there, that have gone on to haunt us, and I think Manu Petit is obviously one of them, and um, Willian. Yeah. Willian. Sign, wasn't he? Eden always Hazard. saying about it. Players that always come back and haunt us. Yeah, it's still of the three, I think Hazard was more kind of stereotypically Spurs, but um, it still slightly pains me that um, that Dennis Bergkamp used to wear a Hoddle shirt. Yes, yeah. But just in that moment, it was around like you know Alan Sugar's peak, Carlos Kickerball, and so he was never gonna <laughs> um, sign someone like Bergkamp. And no, you know, and the, if like, Paolo Tramezzani's available. Uh, 
Well, Anthony Gordon's just gone, isn't he, to Newcastle? We were linked with him yeah. quite heavily. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I think it's a good sign. He's a good player, him. He's a good player. And 40 oh, I was talking to one of my Everton mates just ahead of recording this, and we were talking about Gordon, and they're delighted to see the back of him. And I just really? Oh, really? Him. How come? The, the fans have really turned on him in the last few months. There was that footage, I don't know if you saw, oh, I saw it on Twitter, of fans chasing him in his car after the game. What game was it? They lost two. Was it Southampton? It was one of the clubs they're up against at the moment at home. But I think I think they think they feel like he's flattered to deceive. But I feel really sorry for maybe not for him because I know he's skipped training. It was at least three, if not four, days this week to force the transfer, and he's handed in a transfer request. But as I understand it, his whole family are all toffees. They're all local Evertonians, and that legacy for them now is must just feel so. Yeah. Oh, so damaged. But I think he's a, I think he's potentially a brilliant young player. Less so for Everton. I think my mate Ollie didn't think he'd done much, um, really. But I think for for England through the uh, through the the, the under 19s under 21s, he's had some great games. They're going to get relegated, aren't they? Yes. And they've oh. never been relegated from the top flight, have they? No, they... they haven't. You're right. And I think Sean Dyche is going to potentially keep them up but they're in a real have they actually they haven't actually signed Sean Dyche have they no That's but the... Bielsa's not happening because Bielsa insisted on taking over the under 21s team only for six months to get them ready for next season That's hilarious isn't it It's hilarious I really but admire I mean, I guess it it's just so unrealistic at this stage yeah, but I also guess if you're Bielsa you can just do what you want he doesn't give a shit does he No it's kind no. of what makes it so magic Yeah but I think Sean Dyche is imminent, according to... Oh, God. It's got to be, though, hasn't it? I mean, uh, Mashiri's got to just need to stay up. And who else do you call? They, unless they get Big Sam back. But I think he's burnt bridges. Doesn't feel very... What does your mate think? Doesn't feel very Everton, Sean Dyche, does it? No, it is a horses for horses agreed, desperation. Everton, but I think he's probably the best of a bad bunch. He's probably the best option available. I'm going to um, share my screen so you can see transfer because transfer I know right that, what, what brilliant like um, sort of radio content that's going to be for everyone <laughs> who might be listening it's all right everyone OSD is going to share his screen it's just so you can see what I'm talking about as we describe something the uh, so you can see here look so these are the most expensive transfers in Premier League history and it, it it's very easy to it's just it's just one of those points about how easy it is to go we should be spending money we should just go out and spend it wow. and then you have wow. a look at I mean you have a look at if I read them out the top the top and you go for the price how many of them have been successful so Jack Grealish 117 million euros not yet potential Lukaku 113 million euros for Chelsea definitely not no. Pogba 105 no Anthony no. looks awful yeah. Maguire 87 million. Yeah. Anthony is, is number four. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Lukaku, 84 again to Man United. Virgil van Dijk, 84, probably fine. Fabano, TBC. Nunes, jury's out. Havertz, hey. 80, but he's only 21. Pepe, 81. Mm. Kepa. The, the, you have to go down to 14 before you go, that was worth it. 76 million for Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. Right. And I then, mean, I even forgot that Angel de Maria was in the Premier League. I, we talk about all the time. And my favourite uh, quote of all time was is his wife, when she left, um, she said she hated Manchester because it looked like the back of a fridge. <laughs> it's my favourite thing of all time. 
Uh, we're not. I mean, how astute. And we haven't talked about the Mudrik uh, 70 million euro and 20 million of that being blood money paid to the Ukraine um, to make up for the Abramovich era, which is absolutely crazy. But we don't feature until 32 with Endombele, who's still only 22. Is he only 22? Oh, no, it must be. Where was, was Richarlison? Surely he's above that, isn't he? No, Richarlison wasn't. Richarlison's there, 25. He's tw- uh, the t- 38 most expensive. Um, I mean, he I was about the same price as Torres. I would have taken Torres. Well, no, not that period. Anyway, yeah, if you have a look at Tottenham, mm. and Dombele, Richarlison, Romero, Sanchez, 60, 58, 50, 42. These are huge amounts of money. When we're saying, you know, just go out and pay Poros 45. I love that mm. our fifth highest signing is Musa Sissoko yeah well we'll come um, Stevie B what a disappointment he was we'll um, come back on to oh we talked about this last week Reggie can't be as bad as the options we've got now I don't know why we've frozen him out there must be something else going on um, yeah we haven't had to all of our success has come from buying cheaper play- cheap players and they've come good mm. right. but then you but you need a coach that's going to be able to work with them yeah, well, yeah. hopefully Pochettino comes back, right? Um, I don't think he will. And, you know, like, it's always hard, isn't it? It's like, do you go back to your, like, you know, to your previous relationship? Or do you say, do you know what? It was wonderful while it lasted. And I still think, I mean, I know people are talking about Deserby today. But, I mean, he's, he's only been there five minutes. Um, yeah. I, I still think Thomas Frank is the answer for us. Oh, yeah, he's great. <clears throat> he's done wonderful things, isn't he, at Brentford? Yep. I think he'll get a big move. I think he will. It's inevitable, surely, because he's done it consistently. And that's the yeah. thing when you look at players, even like Eddie Howe, I think, even though he's done a remarkable job there, I still think it's too soon to judge them. And I made this point a few weeks ago, but you look at Davey Moyes, last season he couldn't do anything wrong. And this season, they're all shouting for his head. I think you need yeah. these these things over a few years. But what's interesting about Thomas Frank as well, which I didn't realise until recently, is that the Brentford coach left, whoever it was, Forgive me for not knowing who it was. And um, Thomas Frank was his assistant and just took over. And they were like, oh, yeah, you've done all right. You keep the job. And here we are. Which I didn't know. So it's going to be Stellini then for us. (laughs) He can't even do a press conference. I don't like his vibe either. (laughs) The The point about the... money, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Poor old Italians, just getting hammered on this today. I know, I know. Um, the X thing's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, that. it's not as it, like, if you break up, if they're saying, you know, you need to tidy up around the house, these put new furniture in the house, and you break up with them, oh, no, I just want someone to appreciate my house for what it is and just hoover it and make it look nice, well, even though while it's getting old, and then you realise, oh, it is old, I do need to replace the furniture come back you were right i'm sorry maybe 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 for that relationship you know i just any excuse to have him back i just want to feel i've started watching some uh i just put pochettino tottenham montage into youtube and there was just all these quotes about how he wants to make the spurs fans proud again and the music and watching a young Eric die when it was okay for him to make mistakes because he wasn't a really experienced professional and when kane was scoring and daddy was on I, I really miss Daddy. I really miss Daddy being good. And that makes me incredibly sad. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just longing for a time um, that doesn't exist anymore. I've got I a. Um, he, I think he'll be back. I think he will. I think, I think, he think will. It, it will happen. 
I don't know when, but I think it will. And I think when it does, we will probably, hopefully anyway, be less short-termism and we'll all be a bit more tolerant if results don't go our way. Whereas now it still feels so volatile. Um, it's, it's, It's love and then hate every other week. I think Chris alluded to that earlier. And I think with Poch, even though there's going to might be hard work to do, can't help but think that the, the bulk of the, the body of fans would be a lot more tolerant to his work, given the kind of relationship that's already there. But who knows? And you I don't, don't know. think that for the majority of those fans, the, the it's a bridge has gone too far with Daniel Levy? I Yeah, I... What, in terms of the fans' relationship with Daniel Levy or in terms of Poch and Levy? No, the fans' relate. I think Poch and Levy, oh. I think, will be fine. Yes, yeah, The fans yeah. and Levy. I think yeah, the I, fans I, need just to fuck up about that, to be honest. Because what, what is uh, Levy's job? What is his job is to just improve us, right? And he's doing it the only way he knows how with money. And also, I would I, love to know, uh, like, a really large or even just a representative sample size of Tottenham fans and understand who's for and who's against and who's not sure and they're sort of sat on the fence because I'm I'm sure these things seem louder certainly on social I agree and, at the ground okay. to get, and, and I actually think I would be surprised if the majority of fans weren't either Daniel Levy in or at least swaying that way even if it gets a bit Brexit in the middle with a 51% whatever it might be because most Spurs fans I know are full of admiration for the job that Daniel Levy has done and relative to other clubs, certainly. And also they're more realistic because they understand that we don't have the financial might that other clubs have. And we can't just be chucking 90 million at Lukaku. And to be honest, I wouldn't want to. So I don't know. I think it's, I think, um, I don't think the Enoch out brigade is as big as they think they are. I was reading the... I wonder Sorry. if it's an age thing, though, as well. Definitely. Because yeah, I, I think, think if you talk to right. anyone who, like, remembers, I don't know, Je- you mentioned Jerry Francis earlier, Giles, so let's go with Jerry Francis. Anyone who remembers yeah. the Jerry Francis days or remembers, I know I say this all the time, but remembers being excited by the prospect of our central midfield containing <laughs> Sean Davis and Pedro Mendes, like, yeah, being yeah. really exciting... Um, yeah. just goes to show like how much how far we've come in expecting those you know like top finishes mm. do you mean Simon Davis and why are you having a go at the Welsh people no Sean no, Davis no, Sean, Sean, yeah. Sean Davis Sean yeah. Davis and Sean Davis and Pedro Mendes yeah. at one I remember yeah. the excitement in the air when they were the central midfield pairing Only I've never seen just... a pairing of a skinhead and a, and a ponytail I found that quite mesmerising <laughs> It's a, a good average, really. Just a normal, normal hair is your average. Yeah. Um, I totally forgotten about Sean Davis. I just, I just heard Davis and thought Welsh. Stop having a go at me. I just having a look at um, Sean Davis. I wasn't, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think I'm, you're definitely right there, Chris. And also, I don't know if this is weird to to, to think, but I also think I'm in the majority when, if I look at say winning the. League Cup with I don't know George Graham for example, and versus the season where we didn't win anything with Poch, and I know which season I enjoyed more and the season I felt happier in, and I know there was yep. I know it's really a fair comparison, and I know it's people are going to say oh it's so bloody Tottenham of you to say that like preferring the season where you didn't lift a trophy, but actually you 
I think, I mean, trophies are a good measure and a good metric, of course, and ultimately it's about winning. But actually, that journey under pot, I just want to enjoy it. I just want to love it. And I want to feel excited and happy. And I, I can't remember feeling like as, as consistently high as I did under Poch in any other time, albeit it was 20, oh. 30, 40 million years ago when we won a few trophies. It was incredible. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've told you this before, so forgive me. But I went to the training ground the first day of training after the IX semi-final. Oh, wow. You haven't told me that before. Can you I'm, imagine what it was? I'm envious the, forever. It was, it was so buzzing. Yeah. It was incredible. Like everyone was just in like a magic mood. Oh. It was so great. And and you know, that's wow. the feeling. That's the feeling you want to bottle up. And yeah. you know, and with that with that comes all sorts of things. And you know what, Giles, you're so right about and I know again it's the same old stuff, but you're so right. It's like, how do we think this stuff works? Even if you do spend loads of money, then what? Um, mm. And also, like, where does money come from? Mm. That's the thing for me. And, you know, hearing, see, talking to people who just kind of go, oh, well, if they are warmongers or or whatever, it's like, at least they're going to, you know, we'll compete. Mm. And like, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's hard. It's too hard. Yes, can't square that. You've moved the conversation on because I, I had a couple of things to show off about. Oh, sorry. I'm a bit annoyed about that. I'm reading. I'm reading Can you show good, off, please? Yeah, I'm reading some good literature at the moment. Um, and I just read The Social Contract by uh, Jean Jacques Rousseau. And in that, he talks about. Um, and Aristotle. Yeah, Trade Bien. Yeah, um, yeah, being taught how to run a country by the French, who actually riot really well. So maybe we need to learn more from them. But the. Um, in, so that's all about how governments work and things like that. And he talks about the difference of the will of all, which is what individuals want, and the general will. And he talks about how, you know, one is a study of the common interest of individuals, which is what Twitter is. And then there is a general will. And that it's, there is a massive Spurs echo chamber online where we sort of like people get egged on into having more and more extreme views about things they don't really understand or have very little information or real information on. And the other thing I know um, is that. 88% of tweets come from 8% of, in America, 88% of tweets come from 8% of US adults. So in America, the vast, vast, vast majority of tweets come from a very, very small percentage of people on the actual platform. And that is not representative. So if you've got a small amount of people who do most of the talking, and then when they talk about something very specific, they're likely to have an extreme point of view because that's the nature of social platforms. And so we have to remember this. It's not like we are in the middle of the country, middle of a high street, and then able to hear everybody's conversation. We are at the pub and there is a weirdo in the corner who's shouting. That's what Twitter is, right? That's all, we're all on Twitter. Yeah. We all know that's the truth, right? And so that that's that's the way we have to approach it. And it's a pub that's owned by a psychopath now. And so people who are happy to be in a pub owned by a psychopath. So it's... Uh, we just need to chill out a little bit and block block vigorously. Um, if you I want agree. some happiness, go and check out Toby's Instagram because he played. They played uh, and they played Royal Royal Ant- Antwerp today. So Toby and Supian played against yeah. each other, and there's a little picture of them smiling, uh, oh. which is really. You can see how happy they are. I'm going to put it in the chat. I'll put it. I'll get Jack to put it on the um in uh, our our Twitter because he's the pub man in the corner. 
But actually, that's a, that's a really good point also about the money because it's like Chelsea might are Chelsea really going to pay a hundred million quid for Enzo Fernandez? Did you come away from the World Cup and think, oh yeah, hundred million quid for Enzo Fernandez? I mean, it was all right, but mm. come now, let's not get overexcited. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I. Quick score prediction for City because I don't want to get miserable again. Uh, we got two, City two. at home. Two two. Bishop Desmond, Giles. Hmm. I was going to say two two, but <clears throat> I'm I'm not normally optimistic, so I'm going to say two one Spurs. Poro is going to get both assists. <laughs> I'm going to go three one Spurs. Why not? Uh, I've got a play bench raise if you want to go. If you want to have a go at that, Giles, you played that yet? I I'm not sure. No, you were. no, no. So I'll be over messenger. Oh, right, yeah, so you know the rules, so I'm going to give you three players. You have to play, you've got an imaginary, so we've got the City game, you've got one one of these players at their peak for Spurs, so just at their, yeah. when they were at their best for Spurs, you can bench one of them, so you can bring one of them on, but then you also erase them from Spurs history, which is really the hardest bit, okay? Um, so Let's because see how fast I can do this. You've got, is it your bedtime? Ginola, uh, Ferdinand, Anderton. Giles. Just play Ginola, um, bench Anderton, and I'm afraid Celez. Celez to raise. I know that. I know that's. I know that's brutal, but that's the whole nature of the game, isn't it? Whoever I raise is going to be bad. Ginola, just because you know, everything. I mean, too many things to fit in the rest of this pod. Just everything, absolutely everything about. You do David. love him. Oh, I adore him. I don't, but also he was. He was just. I don't know many players who have that much flair. And actually, it's quite funny. I was, I was actually watching. Uh, I didn't. I didn't go searching for it, but I saw some footage of of David recently, and I mean, and, and I was thinking, he, it's not like he was blisteringly fast, and he wasn't actually even that unpredictable. But it was just something so perfect about him and Spurs. Um, sick note. I. I've I've never really felt as uh, loved up about him as lots of fans do, but you just can't. You can, I mean, what a servant to the club and what a player, really. I mean, he was a wonderful player. I suppose I just don't remember him as highly as other people remember certain players because of his his appalling injury record. But it seems really unfair to hold that against him. And Celez was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But you know, that's my answer. Chris, uh, play David. Bench, Celez, Erase Anderton. Mm. You know, tried. apart yeah. from anything else, sick note. So, like, you know. Yeah. And yeah. what you want is Celez coming off the bench to uh, get on the end of one of David's crosses. Yes, yeah, actually, yeah. Can I change my answer? <laughs> no. I've, uh, Go on, tried. ASD. What did you come up with with that one? I was playing Ferdinand. And benching Ginola just for pure impact. I, I just love Ferdinand. He just and he's such a nice man by all by all accounts. Yeah. And he's yeah, fine. I just true. don't have as much connection with him. Um, I've tried really hard, Chris, to find only players that haven't punched their wives or committed any crimes. So hopefully, oh, I'll tell you one thing we didn't talk about. I couldn't quite believe that Ched Evans. I forgot about Ched Evans, right? and there he was yesterday, just happily flying yeah. his trade. No and then I said something about, you know, stupidly said something about it on Twitter. And all I got was a barrage from a load of blokes only. But actually much, many more kind of 
people sort of like you know agreeing with me actually but saying oh you know he wasn't convicted he got overturned and i'm like yeah okay do you want i didn't want to give them a lecture of the justice system yeah um via social media anyway sorry no no well no. done asd for trying i've tried and i'm sure there'll be some i've forgotten but i'll uh let's let's just fingers crossed uh wanyama sissoko and sandro chris oh i would oh that's really hard that's actually really hard oh shit i would play wanyama bench she's the big one Sandro and erase Sissoko. Even though I loved Musa and I loved his attitude, there was something like like if talking of chaos. Yeah. Like Sandro was pure chaos. And yeah. I loved that whenever he came on. Yeah. And Wanyama, two things. One, that goal against Liverpool, and two, the spaghetti emoji. <laughs> If you just go find like search for his old tweets, he just tweeted the most mental banal things. Is is brilliant. No, sorry, yeah. Jack, uh, Charles, Jack, wishful thinking. <laughs> Play Sandro. Um. Oh. Bench the sock. I think. No, I don't know. This is this is really hard. The sock on Wanyama, isn't it? Yeah. I remember I remember the weirdest feeling was during that Champions League run and I think it was ahead of the, was it ahead of the city game maybe second leg and he was he was coming back from injury and I remember how much it meant that he pulled through and was able to play because there was a period of games there was a short spell of games where he just absolutely bossed it for us um yeah so I think bench bench the sock erase Wanyama and that stunning Liverpool goal Sadly, oh, I love Sandro. I love Sandro. I think I think we disagree about Sandro ASD, but I thought he was no. Jack's the one. Jack hates no, him. Jack. I love him. I cannot yeah. stand Sissoko. He was just you rolled a dice, you got a two. Like a good engine and good attitude is just a bare minimum you should expect. But he did he did yeah. a job. Like he did what he was asked to. Like he he knew his limits and he was he he did do well, but. I like the cult hero aspect of it though because he was a bit shit. Yeah. But sometimes true. you want that, you know, like you have that bit of like comedy around it. In my head, there's a cult hero eleven for Spurs. You know, you could put Soldado up front, Ben Asukotu at left back, all this sort of stuff, and they wouldn't be that bad. And maybe there'd be some weird magic. Stefan Freud in midfield. Yeah, that, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Gomez. Um. Lamella. Wow. Hold that thought. Uh, not for this one though. Uh, Charles, we're back to you. Adebayor, Gallas, and Sol Campbell. Oh mate. Um, Adebayor. and heads here, isn't it? it? Adebayor, Gallas, Gallas. Campbell. Yeah, I tried to think of Arsenal connections. Well, you did well. Yeah. <laughs> I would play. Oh dear. See, I don't. Yeah, I'd have to play Adebayor, which doesn't feel that good. Galas probably bench because I think he's the least offensive of them lot. Mm. Um, 
and I'd erase soul, but not through bitterness or hatred, just so we can just forget just it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Just forget it ever happened. It did hurt, don't get me wrong. Uh, but yeah, I would go. That's my three. Chris? I would play Adebayor. Yeah. Bench Gallas and Elise Campbell. Yeah, yeah. I just think, you yeah. know, look. So, again, not through any bitterness, but also, like, <clears throat> let's get it right. He tried to be a politician <laughs> because he wanted to scrap mansion tax. Like, imagine being a rich footballer and wanting to run in London for something and going, I know, it's the rich people in London that we need to protect. No, thank you. No, thank you. Having said that, a friend of mine went yesterday and said, and she's quite young, she's like 22 or something, and she said she's never felt so uncomfortable at a football match because of all those Sol Sol Campbell songs because she'd never heard the... um, Soul, soul, wherever you may be before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, is a disgrace. There's yeah. no, I've never sung it. That is a disgrace. Um, and I said something about it on a, they were talking about it on a social media thing. And I was like, it's just embarrassing. Apart from, forget everything else. It's been 20 years. It just makes yeah. us look small. Why do we still yeah, care about him? It makes really us look does. really small. Apart from the fact that it's race, you know, homophobic and wildly racist, and there are people there trying to go, why is it racist? Nothing to do with the colour of his skin. And it's like oh, the yeah. minute you said that, I'm like, I'm not even going to bother because you're obviously too stupid. So I, I, I didn't know why they were singing it because they were singing all the songs, and I was a bit like, why? But he came out earlier in the week, didn't they, and just told them not to sing it. He did a Guardian it. interview. So I mean, yeah, he's an yeah, idiot yeah, for yeah. doing that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. obviously he's saying the right thing in spirit, but he's an idiot for doing it. Um, Chris Carrick, Dembele, or Ericsson? Oh, yeah, there you go. Have that. Oh. I missed that. What was that? Carrick, Dembele, or Ericsson? Oh, shit. okay. I'm just going to make a decision because I agonize too much. Play Dembele, bench Ericsson, erase Carrick. I love Ooh, Mr. Dembele. Snap. I love Mr. Snap. Dembele. Snap, yeah. It's just um, two one on the Musa, so don't worry, Chris. I got your back here. We thanks, know what ASB thank thinks. You. I'm the same. Yeah. Musa's got the ball. Oh, and nothing useful has happened with it. Thank you very much. He's made the YouTube <laughs> compilation. <laughs> Ericsson's got the ball. Oh, he's done something with it. Um, <laughs> whatever. He's, he's a million times better than I will ever be. Um, Giles Lamella, Chadley Lennon. Lamella, Lord geniuses. Chadley Lennon. Um, I yeah, I think I might upset Jack on this one. So definitely, no hesitation. Play Lennon. Yeah. Bench Lamella and erase oh, Chadley. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, God, Giles, we agree on everything. It feels like so I always yeah, think. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. That's exactly what I'd do as well. Lennon yeah. underrated, right? One of the most underrated Premier League players of all time. Oh, he's best he's million ever Chadley. spent. Yeah, and Chad, I just love Chadley. Um, the Dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> Not a hand below either. about him was his nickname. Uh, final one, Chris. Crouch, Defoe or Delhi? Oh, no, did you? Actually, that wasn't, it's, oh, no, it is yours, sorry. It is yours, Crouch, Defoe or Delhi? Crouch, Defoe, Delhi, that's quite easy. And so if we're in peak Delhi, play peak Delhi. Delhi. Bench Defoe, Defoe erase yeah. Crouch. Yeah, that was my last one. I thought I, I tried 
I tried the balance, but it didn't work with that one. Same with you, Chris. Chris, Giles. Tied. No, I'm I'm switching your D's there. Play Defoe. Honestly, I adored that. I adored Jermaine Defoe. Adored him. And I I still remember watching the game that sent West Ham down and thinking, imagine if we signed him. Mm. And I was so excited when we did. Well, what's your find him again? I think it's wonderful. What's your favourite Defoe goal you've seen live? Um. So many. Yeah. I'm just trying know. to find a picture for you. Again, great oh, content for uh, <laughs> for something that's on the radio, but I'm still going to find you this picture. Yeah. From 2004. Oh. You can see it. Can't see. Oh, wow. That's Monica and Jermaine Defoe at the old training ground. Oh. He's just a top man, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looks young there. I'm going to give you... Spurs, I can't remember the result, but we, it was against West Ham where we were, it was sort of a bit bitty. I've told the story many times where Defoe took the ball with his back from the right and then dribbled in and just smashed it into them. What They'd been singing um, quite horrible songs about him and he, he battered it in. Um, that was top class. But also, was sorry. a game where we beat Manchester City 3-1 at home. Yeah, and I think yes. he scored a goal, and I think I cried that 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 because it was so beautiful. I can't remember <laughs> what he did. I must I'm, I must look, look it up now. actually. Yeah. Um, but I think it actually made me cry. There's there is a fantastic video of that goal from the crowd. Someone's filming it from behind the goal. It is unbelievable. I'm going to find it if you know. Um, that was you. an amazing day because so I think Nasri scored that day. It was super sunny. It was the only game I missed. I was at a wedding, which I didn't really want to go to. The only game I missed that season was that game. And um, yeah, what wasn't that? Defoe, Dempsey, Dempsey. and Bale. Mm. Yeah, Bale remember was... Defoe and Dempsey. Yeah. Uh, yes, fine. I'll find that goal and send it to you. Yeah, um, again. The only time I cried at White Hart Lane was um, when that ginger kid with, uh, what's the one you get a jab for uh, when you're in school? BCG. Yeah, what's that? Anti, many, not meningitis. Whatever it was. Isn't it? Isn't it a rubella BCG? But there was a, a, a kid that came on and played football with, and he had no feet or arms you know and he had blades and he just had to kick about it was just weirdly emotional there's um a few people cried that day he was playing with like uh ericsson and supian and toby yeah. and, and belly and the pitch that was really weirdly emotional um anyway good times city i think we'll do them they're in a really weird place where they're winning but they've got no passion Guardiola's a bit annoyed with them you know i think i think we've got a chance you know well kane kane could move ahead couldn't he of jimmy as well yeah what a moment uh, that would be. Kane would be would have been so much better for that team than Haaland. I know Haaland's oh, on totally, the totally. I think, we, I think we said that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Uh, totally. Because he's a proper footballer. Haaland's just, I mean, he's an animal. He's a prolific finisher, but he hasn't got much else going on, unlike Harry. Mm. We're very lucky. We're very lucky. Would you right. swap them? Would you swap them? If... Oh, oh. Now? Not now. Not Ages, now. everything considered? No? Okay. Not now, purely because we don't feed enough balls into a striker to for Haaland to run onto. We don't create for him, which Kane creates mm. for himself, and he creates for everyone else around him. And Haaland just doesn't track back, which means um, I thought Holding did a really good job on him the other day as well. Just while we're here, 
Um, yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't swap him. Chris is sort of nodding. Good old Harold. Harold, we love him. Uh, any more for any more? Well, thank you. Well, let's see how we feel next Sunday. And I'm going to run from Brisbane Road to uh, to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next Sunday. So wish me luck. So we're playing Chelsea in the WSL at 12:30. Oh, it's 12:30. I thought it was a 12 o'clock kickoff. It's a bit tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe if I just leave before the end. Oh, the other thing I was going to say is um, AC Milan are dreadful at the moment. Uh, they have lost six, they've lost four and drawn two of the last six. They are on a dreadful run of form, and we have got them fairly soon. So uh, we've got them in on Valentine's Day. Valentine's so Day, yeah. A couple of weeks. That'll be lovely. Do you remember the um, when we played? Was it Leon when Bale scored those two goals in the two-two? We played on Valentine's Day, and Puma did that um, the hard chorus. Do you remember that? And they sang "Truly Madly D, please." What the song that is? They got the Yidami lot to sing in one of the pubs by Tottenham I'll send that there's three things I'll send through on the you've got some homework ASD yeah I've got to get Jack to give me the login but I'll send them through the video that video I just sent it was um the goal Defoe's goal but watch that it's a banger and then where the did you course. where did you put Defoe's goal in the chat, in the yeah, chat, yeah, in the chat okay. group, yeah. No, it's but fine, I've got it, I've got they it. They got a load of the actual, like, hardcore fans of different groups who were playing on Valentine's Day in the Europa League to sing romantic songs um, because it was like fans were playing. It was quite a nice angle. It's a really good football ad campaign from a long time ago. But they were, it's really good. I'll send it to you. Great. Cool. And on that bombshell, it's time to end the show. So thank you, Charles. Thank you. Chris, and don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's nearly right. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman, we are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. 
We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. Tottenham Hotspur.